This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for online creatives. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 16. Hello. So today's guest, Janet Murray, I first met when she invited me onto her Soulful PR podcast to talk about Instagram. Whenever I'm a guest on a podcast, I obviously do a bit of research first. And as soon as I hit Janet's website, I was just totally immersed because she talks about stuff that never gets mentioned elsewhere in the blogging world. Stuff like how to get in the press, how to get a column in a magazine or coverage for your business in newspapers or on the radio. Stuff that whether you have a blog or you just have an Instagram at the moment or you have a whole business that you're trying to grow is really useful to understand and know how to navigate. She's one of those people that I kind of almost want to keep to myself because I think her knowledge is so valuable, but because I love you, I haven't kept her to myself. So get ready for a super jam-packed conversation full of brilliantly useful and really actionable tips from Janet. Hi, Janet. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. It's nice to be able to talk to you and even nicer to have you on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I absolutely love the podcast. And uh, well, as you know, I keep tweeting about it and keep telling my audience about it. And a lot of the people who listen to the Soulful PR podcast, which is my podcast, are also massive fans of yours now. So that's great. Well, thank you for sharing. And I was on your podcast, wasn't I, a while back? So there's lots of overlap. Yes. Episode 93, most popular podcast ever. (laughs) Really? Oh, that's nice to hear. (laughs) So for anyone who doesn't already know you could you introduce yourself so yes I'm Janet Murray and I help businesses and brands to tell their story in the media so my background is I've spent 16 years writing and editing for national newspapers and magazines in the UK so I've pretty much written for most of them the Guardian the Independent the Telegraph the Mail unfortunately the Sun (laughs) I've written for lots of women's magazines as well and I've also made lots of TV and radio appearances and Basically, I just noticed something early on in my journey as a journalist. I noticed that people were terrible at pitching into the media. (laughs) And I noticed that I was getting press releases from people and I was getting emails from people with the most just like awful, awful pitches. And what used to really gore me, because I've always been freelance, is that some of these pitches would come from people like me who ran their own business and maybe were on quite a limited budget who'd paid a PR company to do this for them Uh and I would just be like who would be interested in this this is just dreadful like you know and I'd look and I'd see god some poor like small business owner has paid somebody to do this now this is not to say (laughs) I have to say that there aren't great PR people out there there are some really great people but I think it's an industry where there is some poor practice and there you know there are people out there who will take your money to write rubbish press releases about nothing that journalists wouldn't be interested in because most of us don't know do we we've got no frame of reference to know if it's a good PR or not working for us yeah exactly and so you kind of pay somebody money you know kind of they've said they're an expert in PR and and you think that they know what they're talking about and so there's not to say that there aren't people out there who are good but this really kind of just got me fired up basically about helping small business owners and, and I started off kind of like I started off with this blog about four or five years ago and basically it was because I was still working as a journalist like pretty much full-time I used to specialize in education to write big education stories for the Guardian and I was just kind of bored of doing it and I used to be a school teacher so I started off as a school teacher and always have loved teaching so I used to run these like pitching classes in my spare time to make extra money because there's not a great amount of money in journalism so I thought if people don't know how to pitch I'll tell you what I'll go out and 
and teach them how to do it. So I used to run these classes in London. They started off as little workshops and we started running like big like conference style events where we get loads of journalists to come along and talk about what they were looking for and, and charge people who worked in PR. Actually, it was education to start with and it was not for profits. And I was basically looking for more consultancy clients because I realized that I used to get paid like by the penny to, you know, to, to work, to write for like, you know, it, it sounds great saying that you write for The Guardian, but actually the rates haven't gone up for like 10 years very much. And, you know, I might work on a really big story for a week and end up with like 300 quid at the end of it or yeah. something for like a week really really hard work by the end of it I was like using using that as my lost leader and I was doing all this consultancy work like doing media training and doing like pitching training and stuff and so I started this blog which is basically answering all the questions that people used to ask me and it was like you know how do I write a pitch to a journalist how, how do I put together a press release what are journalists interested in what they're not interested in and, and initially it was kind of for that kind of consulting client stuff but then I just started getting really passionate about small business owners and I was just like I really want to help these people because you know some of them are getting really whipped off and I, I want to be able to provide a resource that they can go to to get information about this stuff so that they don't have to hire a PR company if they don't want to they can do it themselves or if they do hire a PR company then they can actually make a really good decision about the right kind of person or the right kind of company so that's kind of really where it all started from does that kind of make sense yeah I, it's interesting because there's bits of your story I hadn't heard before so it kind of puts it all into a bigger picture for me one of the things that I'm thinking as I'm listening to this is some of my listeners will immediately be thinking well PR I don't I don't need PR like I've got my small business I know what I'm doing PR sounds like a frightening term (laughs) but I know that that's not true I know that what you do is relevant to everybody so could you explain a little bit more about PR yeah our preconceptions of it yeah because I mean one of the problems I've written a book about it which is called your press release is breaking my heart it's a great book I have a copy (laughs) yeah it's a totally unconventional guide to selling your story in the media the longest book title in the world but (laughs) but actually that's the first thing that I start with in the book so it's like well, what is PR? Because actually, I think a lot of people are confused. I probably should have started with this, actually. But a lot of people are really confused. And to be honest, I can understand why even I'm confused sometimes, because is PR like magazines and newspapers, radio and TV? Is it social media? Is it Instagram? Is it, you know, um, but, but and personally, I think PR is basically everything you do to promote your business. And press, the bit that I specialise in, if you like, is, is just kind of one part of it. So I guess the question that people have is that they understand why they might want to promote themselves on social media, why they might want to do email marketing, why they might have a blog, so content marketing, but they don't necessarily get why they might want to be featured in magazines, newspapers, radio and TV. Mm. And I mean, there's a few reasons. So I'll kind of run through a few kind of reasons why you might want to do it. Well, first off, it can have an impact on the bottom line of your business, basically. So as well as I work with clients in different ways. So I've got a membership community called the Soulful PR Studio. And I work with people kind of over a longer period of time, like supporting them, like, you know, over months and years rather than just kind of like a one-off course. And I also work with people one-to-one. So I do consultancy, just a, a little bit of that as well and I guess that people often imagine you know if they're going to kind of get featured in magazines and newspapers you know uh, am I going to get so many orders that like you know that I can't kind of handle them but but the other thing I do is I I run events and and so I run this annual event in London called Soulful PR Live where I get like eight national journalists to come and talk about what they're looking for so I've got one coming up this year where I've got the editor of Marie Claire Guardian was features editor Marie Claire Guardian Radio for Women's Hour Good Morning Britain that kind of thing it's such a good list 
list. Yeah, it's a great list. We've got the, the pool as well, which is another one people get keen to get featured in. So this is my roundabout way of getting to the point. So last year we had a lady called Emma Matt, and she makes these, she's a designer, but she makes these like funky camera bags. And she came along to our event last year and we had the editor of Stylist magazine. And we also had someone from the Guardian's Christmas gift guide. Now, I know some of your listeners won't be from the UK. So just to kind of put that into the context, like, you know, this is a big deal. Getting in the Guardian Christmas gift guide is like, you know, loads of people send stuff in, like, and getting featured is, you know, it's, it's yeah. really tough not to crack. So Emma actually saw, you know, an impact on the bottom line. Like she saw, she sold more camera bags, basically. And also one of our speakers who is from the Press Association, which is a kind of news agency, which we might get a chance to talk about that possibly if we've got time, but it's a, a sort of different way of doing things. Um, she liked the bag so much that she bought it, which is was great. You know, so Emma actually was able to go away from you know, those meetings with journalists and that coverage that she got, and it has an impact on the bottom line she's now getting featured in all these kind of like swanky airline magazines and things which is like fantastic oh yeah and she's in she's in my studio as well so I'm still sort of like you know working with her in, in the membership but so so it can have an impact on the bottom line so that's like you know the, the sort of bit that I suppose will get everybody's ears pricking up yes but more realistically, I think I tend to see PR as like, it's like marketing. You know, most people need seven or eight touch points before they buy. Yeah. So they need to hear about you and your products. So PR is one of those touch points. So if they see your blog, if they see you out on social media, then they pick up stylist and they see something about you or your business in there, or they see you being quoted in the New York Times or in the Huffington Post or whatever it might be. Then it's just one of those touch points. And obviously it's links back to your site as well, links back your social media networks whatever it might be so for most people you do get the odd article where people kind of get inundated with orders immediate sales yeah yeah and you do get that but it is quite rare because as with everything you do in your business it's a kind of drip drip thing it's about consistency about showing up every day so most people would find that they would have a, a piece in somewhere they probably get a big spike of traffic to their website initially and they might get more people on their email list who are interested in their products but then it's your job really to convert them like you would do in any other part of your business you know, by email marketing or whatever it is that, that you do. And I get a lot of business owners who are scared because they say, oh, no, you know, what if I get featured in Stylist? You know, what if I haven't got enough camera bags? And to be honest, it doesn't always happen like that. So I wouldn't worry about it. You know, some people say they hold back and say, I'm not going to do PR because what if I, I get so inundated, I can't fulfill the orders? And I say, look, you know, the chances are it's going to be more of a gradual thing. And God, if that happened, wouldn't you just pull out all stops to make it happen? Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't you pull out all stops to get some more camera bags, you know? But I think just err on the side that this is like everything else in your business it's about consistency it's about you know doing it over time so I have um a personal example of exactly what you've just talked about actually because I was in the Guardian last weekend on Saturday mm-hmm. so kind of as a direct result of that I obviously haven't sold anything in fact my e-course isn't on sale at the moment so it hasn't had an impact on my bottom line but I did see a sudden increase in my Instagram following I saw new Twitter followers mm-hmm. more mailing list subscribers and then on Monday I was made verified on Instagram which is the little blue Tick. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. So those are the kind of things, like you say, they're not necessarily very measurable in terms of profit, but we're all in the business of trying to grow these things, grow your mailing list, grow your audience. So for me, the benefits were immediate and were 
actually very measurable. Yes, definitely. And, you know, as I say, it is more rare that that happens, you know, and if it does, then God, you know, you're you're a resourceful person. I'm sure you can work out how to fulfill, you know, fulfill those orders or whatever. But generally, it will be just what you've described, really. You'll see it hits your website, you'll probably get more social media followers. And, and, and it's almost like a long term investment. So, so the other side of it is obviously about prestige. So I, I know a lot of your listeners will be interested in working with brands. And funnily enough, before we got on this call, I was just listening to your most recent podcast episode when you were talking about exactly that. And one of what was her name again? Sally? Sally Gertine. And one of the points she made when she was looking for potential people to work with, she said she was basically saying things like, you know, if you've got links back to your site from The Guardian, or she actually said that, didn't she? Yes. Open source, open site. Yeah. But she basically said it was about your kind of influence online, isn't it? Your kind of yes. influence ranking, basically. And she said that that goes up if you've been featured in high profile publications and you've got links back to your yes. site. So there's the kind of behind the scenes stuff that's going to improve your website ranking and how influential you're seen as being but also you know being able to slap on your website as featured in red magazine as featured in glamour as featured in cosmopolitan marie claire some of the titles that many of us would dream of being featured Mm. in when somebody comes to your website and they're thinking about doing business with you i don't know about you sarah but immediately think oh you know well if red want to talk to them or glamour want to talk to them or whatever then presumably they know what they're talking about and absolutely you know so it's kind of like a stamp of approval so there's that kind of side of it as well so I think they're the kind of main advantages I think there are other advantages obviously general visibility exposure but I think the two things are obviously direct sales that you can make and also obviously building your influence and being seen as an expert in your field or your products being seen as you know if Watsia wants to feature whatever it is that you make or or do then clearly you know it must be good (laughs) and uh, you know we all know that's not necessarily true and but although I'm sure it is for your listeners but you know it's that perception isn't it you know it's that perception that what you do is quality because if those titles want to feature you then what you do must be good does that kind of make sense definitely and we're all trying to stand out somehow online we're all trying to kind of establish ourselves as a brand that people will relate to and want to invest in whether that is as a blogger as an instagrammer or as a business yeah so like you said the ability to for someone to come to your website and immediately see that you've got kind of that vote of confidence from those publications makes a huge difference yeah it's really powerful I think the media the mainstream media is still really influential in that way so I I often think businesses who are saying this is not important or I'm going to concentrate on this next year I just think you're missing a trick (laughs) and and since I've kind of spoken to you and made it more of a priority it's actually quite doable Mm. and I'm sure you would say the same like it's it's not as difficult it's not as overwhelmingly frightening as it might here no no not at all. have you got tips for people to get started yes so i've got loads of tips <laughs> to get started. it's my favorite subject in the world you can hear the excitement in my voice i can i can um, so, so um the thing is that i would say to people is don't make this harder than it needs to be so i think there is a perception sometimes that journalists are these big sort of scary people sitting in magazine offices or mm. newspaper offices and it's hard you know it's, it's tough to get to be the features editor of grazia or it's you know it's tough to to be a regular writer for the guardian now that isn't easy to achieve so there's this perception sometimes that these are kind of these scary people but essentially they're people like me and you who've got a job to do and they've basically either got space to fill or they've got airtime to fill so you are potentially solving a problem so you're potentially you know giving them content or you're potentially just 
you know, making their life easier so they can go home earlier or whatever, or spend weekend with their family. So it's really worth approaching it like that. You're potentially solving a problem by providing content. I'll talk about the ways that you might do that. So start with the low-hanging fruit. Start with the easy stuff. So a couple of quick tips. Some of you might know about this already, but there's a hashtag on Twitter called Journo Request, and there are journalists from you know big publications, and this is mainly UK-based, but who are looking for help with stories, basically. So people from the Telegraph, the Times, some international ones as well. Um, so use that, you know, if you're UK-based. There's a lot of rubbish on there that you have to wade through. Mm. And another tip I would give you, but there's some really good stuff there that you can help with, I promise. Um, but the other tip I would give you is help journalists out even if you can't immediately see the benefit for your business. So sometimes I send people off to journal requests and they go, oh, well, I didn't see anything that was relevant to my business. But let's just think about it. It's about relationships, isn't it? So yeah. so you help a journalist out on a story that maybe you can help with because you know about whatever it is, but you can't immediately see the benefits. Then when you do have a story for that editor, then you can go back to them and say, oh, hey, do you remember... I helped you out on that story and you've kicked the door open to something that might be quite difficult. I mean, I've had loads of coverage about the fact I work from this like fancy she shed at the bottom of my garden. I love your she shed. <laughs> and, and journalists are far more interested in that than they are. But, you know, they're not, who, who's interested in reading about my PR business and how it works from day to day? But people are interested in how you work sometimes. So the fact that I work, you know, in this shed at the bottom of my garden, which is kind of quite stylish, I've been featured in Metro, Daily Mail, even Costco in the US magazine, <laughs> bizarrely, and from stuff like that. So I would say use those free resources. The other key sort of tool in your armory is media inquiry services. So these are services that you can sign up to, whereby you sign up to them, and most of them have either a free trial or are free. And you get messages in your inbox from journalists who want help with stories. I mean, what could be easier than that? So from really high profile titles. So the big ones are Help a Reporter Out in the US, in the Source Bottle, which is an international one. There's also in the UK, we've got Response Source, there's Journolink, there's Gulkana, there's one called Ace Media, a new one, Press Loft. And it's as easy as that. Basically, you, you sign up to them. Most offer you a free trial, so you can try it out. Some of them you do have to pay for. But, you know, just to put it into context, I pay a couple of grand to s subscribe to one media inquiry service for a year, which might sound like a lot, but it's a couple of hundred pounds a month. But I've been featured, you know, I've had like half a page or a page in a national newspaper off the back of that. It would cost like tens of thousands for me to buy that space. Mm, as an advert, yeah. So if you put it into context like that, you know, if you say a couple of hundred quid a month actually isn't very much for that kind of exposure. And all you have to do is reply to some emails, you know, and and also, again, it's relationships. So you reply and help out on something to do with the she share, which might not be, you know, you think, well, I'd love it to be more focused on my business. But that means when you have got something going on in your business that you want to pitch, you know, you actually want to approach them with the story. Then you can say, do you remember I helped you out on that story? You yeah, know, I you've got their email address in your inbox so you, you can yeah. get directly in touch. And also if, if you're a blogger or just an Instagram and you don't necessarily have a business as such to market then any exposure is good exposure yeah definitely and you can still presumably put that badge on your website whether or not it's completely relevant to what you're doing yeah and the piece exactly you know one quote like two lines you know is enough for me for you to say as featured in Grazia or as featured <laughs> in the New York Times or Marie Claire or whatever for me that's you know that that's fine it's true it's yeah. not a lie <laughs> yeah so I think that's fine and the piece that you had in the Guardian over the weekend you know that came from was it a journal request uh, I think it was from um, media what was that one you mentioned media source 
Uh, response source, response yeah. Response source. A friend yeah. had sent it to me directly from that, but I think she had put it on Twitter as well, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, there's there's all these free resources out there. Just give them a try and see what works for you. And just think about the bigger picture. This is a long-term game. It's not it's not a short-term game. I've had, like, tons of media coverage. I was helping a journalist out the other day in a story. She was asking about Facebook Live, and I thought, well, I can help with that. <laughs> so yeah. I, was like, I was just, like, giving her, you know, she, they were looking for opinions on what was happening with Facebook Live. And I was like, well, that's just a small business owner. I use Facebook Live. Um, I've been affected by some of the changes with Facebook recently. I think I can talk about this. And um, so it's about sort of thinking about it more broadly. And I think for me, that feels really natural because I've worked in the media for years. and I can understand why it would not feel natural to somebody who maybe hadn't. It can feel a bit scary. And a lot of people get overwhelmed by the emails. And as one of my one of my clients, actually, Dipti, she's a hypnotherapist. and She signed up for a trial of one of these media inquiry services. And in a week, she was featured in Psychologies magazine. I think she was in The Sun. I think she was in The Daily Mail. She's in about like five really like, you know, high profile publications. And all she did was basically reply to these emails. And she said when she first started getting the emails, she was really overwhelmed. And she thought, oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to, to handle it. But all she did was she said, right, OK, I'm just going to check them in the morning and just go through them and just, you know, quickly scan each one to see which is relevant and then do the same in the afternoon. She created a separate inbox for them. And and she just kind of she, she said to me, I realized that they weren't annoying emails. They were leads. They were leads yes. to be featured in national magazines. There are opportunities. You do have to act fast. That's one lesson I've taken from you that journalists are usually on a deadline and if you're not able to answer their questions that day you're probably not going to grab the slot is that still true do you think yeah definitely yeah and they've moved on they got bored moved on to something else <laughs> so if they say they want it like in the next hour they really do want it in the next hour you know and I've been that person who's like you know it's horrible as a journalist and kind of seeing it from their perspective is like my editor said to me you have to get me a story on this by this time and you just have to make it happen and you know somebody coming back to you three days later getting the hump because you didn't include them you know it's like it's not you know it doesn't go down well so I think kind of understanding a little bit about how they work and it is all about timing like you know signing up to media inquiry services and using things like journal requests will also get you into that groove of of how journalists work so I noticed that there was a lot of press coverage yesterday and all journalists were asking if there's something going on in the news which they think people will be interested in you can guarantee that all these requests will be about this so there was something about they were asking for people who'd left their baby to go on holiday um, because I can't remember it was somebody famous had left their baby who was just like newborn to go on holiday so there was all this kind of like looking for people to talk about that and I think the more you choose into it the more you'll see how tied tied up it is so say for example I think a story came an Instagram story came up a little while back didn't it where who was it who was oh yeah wasn't it Jules Oliver oh yeah so Jamie Oliver the chef's wife after she had a baby she put pictures of herself on Instagram like looking really slim and lovely and everybody was talking about it and that's the kind of thing you need to tune into because if you're an Instagrammer for example and a celebrity's done something unusual or unexpected or people are talking about it you can bet your bottom dollar that the press will be looking for people to to give their opinions and so it's tuning into that kind of stuff it's very much about you know what people talking about what they're interested in that kind of thing so what about if someone's got an idea that they think would be appropriate for a publication is it okay to pitch yeah yeah absolutely fine so I mean I've got a, a blog post that you can link to if you want on this it's called how to write emails journalists will actually read <laughs> I, I have shared this blog post with a lot of my clients actually it's <laughs> fantastic so it's my most read blog post and I actually it's got pictures on it and everything this is what you should put in your subject header this is what you should put 
put in the first paragraph and, and everything. So journalists are really busy, basically. They get loads of press releases. They get loads of emails. And so they it takes them a split second. You know, I, I did an editing stint covering for a Guardian editor about three weeks ago. And literally, I just would like scan the subject header. And if it doesn't interest me, I probably won't even open it just yeah. because of the sheer volume that you get. So a really clear subject header. So if your story is about, you know, how Instagram saved me from alcoholism or something, I don't know why I just thought that. <laughs> That's not my story, everybody. That's not my story. But just story. Well, you know, how, how, how Instagram saved my marriage, you know, something yeah. like that. That would that's be not that, my story that, either. That, that's not my story either. <laughs> but it's just, it, that's the kind of thing you're looking for. You're, yeah. you're almost looking for what would be on the cover of the magazine or the newspaper and journalists thinking headlines. I often talk about the 10 word top line. If you can't summarize what your idea is in 10 words or less, it's probably not there yet. So you label up your emails. So your subject header should say something like story idea or pitch. So they, you know, and they're actively looking for stuff. And if you can come up with a nice headline, which is basically like we'd say Ron Seal, what it says on the tin, basically. So mm-hmm. people try and get clever. So if they were doing a, you know, pitching a story about how Instagram saved my marriage, they might try and be really clever and say something like it's some kind of pun on coupling or marriage yeah. of minds or something like that. But to a busy journalist, they wouldn't have a clue what you're talking about. So actually, if your story is about how Instagram saved my marriage, then that's what you need to put. Get straight to the point. So Twitter's brilliant. You can find any journalist pretty much on Twitter or LinkedIn is good as well but obviously as with any of this stuff finding the person who can make a decision about whether or not to say yes or or no the problem is is that there are no hard and fast rules so on some magazines the features editor might be the person on you know if it's a beauty story you might need to find the beauty editor and and so you do have to be a bit persistent sometimes and be prepared to be passed around and actually picking up the phone and asking is often the best thing to do like I've got a story about this who will be the best person to talk to about it and so you know really kind of a mistake I see lots of people making is they will give like three paragraphs of background about them and it's just mm-hmm. worth remembering that the journalist is interested in the story not you I mean you know if they want to take it further they they will you know yes it's good to have a little bit about you at the end but actually can you grab them with the story and the key to grabbing a journalist with a story is actually it sounds really obvious but so many people don't do it which is why your streets ahead if you do it but actually read to the publication yes so you know let's take Cosmopolitan as an example if you want to be featured in Cosmopolitan I would buy a copy of the magazine and I'd sit down and write down what you see on every page which sounds really really stupid and it sounds like over the top but when you work on a magazine you realize it's very structured so you know the team will get together every month and you decide what's coming up and what you're going to cover but there's often very rigid slots so they'll have you know x number of features they'll have x number of celebrity interviews they'll have a comment article and getting to know what those regular slots are because basically that's all you're doing as an editor you're often just filling the same slot just with different things each month so having an understanding of how it's put together and what kind of content they run that puts you streets ahead so many people just think oh it's a women's magazine they probably cover this and actually they don't we had that with like stylist magazine actually last year we had the features editor of stylist speaking at my soulful pr live event and even me listening to it i thought you know what i've read stylist but i don't think i've actually really read it because she was saying that they did quite a lot of political stories and things like that i'm not sure i've really noticed that before so often it's about reading magazines with a different I and really actually I would say actually just kind of write down what you see on every page which sounds really arduous but actually in the long term it will it will help for a better it makes pitch. sense yeah so then you can pitch your story for a specific page like for the tech page or for the yeah for the mothering column or whatever they might have yeah and another quick thing to bear in mind as well is that magazines tend to work three to six months ahead so you know if you've got a valentine's day idea then you need to be thinking about that probably september october time um otherwise you've, you've missed the boat so another quick yeah and 
and I also think it's really worth getting along to try and meet journalists basically like anything with your business if you can get to meet people face to face and to go along to events where journalists are speaking or go along to industry events then you know obviously that's really really good uh, one other thing if you've got products to sell people often they're quite limited in their thinking about this and they think the only way to get coverage is to send your product in and and have it featured you know those kind of like roundup features that you see where they do like you know 10 of the best handbags or yes. bring yellows or something like that the problem with that sort of thing I mean by all means do it you know and I would say if you have got a product then you know make a spreadsheet of all the possible magazines newspapers blogs that you think might do that kind of feature the problem is is that I mean if you've ever been inside a newspaper or magazine office I'd love to take people in and show people <laughs> like basically the desks are just like piled high with stuff and unopened packages and you know it's not like people are being intentionally rude and not looking at stuff but it's just that obviously magazines in particular get sent so much stuff yeah those sort of glossy Sunday supplements. So it's a bit like kind of throwing a pack of cards up in the air and hoping that one lands in the right place. Um, but a lot of people who've got products, they say, oh, my, my PR is just like, I'll just send them some pictures and a press release and a sample. But actually, you know, there's so many other ways that you could get exposure for that product, which go beyond that kind of, I call it like a, a roundup piece or a product a review roundup type feature and you know if you think that monthly magazines they only have 12 issues a year and they only might have they might have one page which is suitable for your product to be featured on so you've got a one in 12 chance and you're also sending out expensive products and mm. so, so that's why I would really advise people to you know there's features there's first person articles there's like practical how-to articles and and this is when I work with people obviously we're just having a short podcast here but when I work with people this is what I try and kind of encourage them to do is to think about it more creatively and I know that your listeners are really creative people and and will be able to do this but it's just to think beyond those kind of producty pages I don't know if that's that's kind of helpful yeah I think that makes a lot of sense and I guess it's something that's easier to do when you're a blogger because you can see very clearly that every area of your life has the potential to be content yes. whether that's content on your blog or content for national publication you can see that so it's almost like thinking like a blogger in regards to your business I suppose and thinking about how can you turn one element of your life into a story that then weaves your entire kind of business into it yeah definitely and one exercise I do with my clients I've got this kind of I think I might have showed you before actually Sarah I've got this like it's like a Venn diagram so yes. in the middle of it I've got like your business and your brand and around the side of it I've got all the parts of your life that intersect with your business and brand and you could draw this out on a piece of paper or you could email me and I can send you it but not you but you know you're listening <laughs> send it. Uh, but basically it's got things like relationships work that kind of thing and family and friends and hobbies and things like that so and people are often more interested in the parts of your life which intersect with your business and your business itself so I've had loads of coverage for the fact I've unfortunately had problems with infertility and miscarriage and I've I probably had more clients come my way because they've read stuff that I've written about miscarriage and I've managed to relate it to my business and work and things like that than anything else. I've also, obviously, I mentioned the she shed. <laughs> I've had a, quite a bit of coverage about that. I've also, I had a really popular article in The Guardian, which is why women shouldn't work for free. Um, and that was a couple of years ago, but it still sends clients and leads my way because basically I was talking about something that a lot of people care about and have got an opinion on, whether they agree or disagree with what I'm saying. 
And the piece did really well for me at the time, but they push it out again and again. Still very relevant. Still very relevant. Um, And it basically is one big advert for the fact that you can book me as a speaker. So even though I'm not talking about my business in it, obviously it's, you know, it's implicit that that's the case. And the other thing as well, there's a huge appetite at the moment for practical how-to articles. Do you want to know what (laughs) what my best piece of PR is in terms of sending leads my way? Go on. It's a very dull article that I wrote for The Guardian about how to write a press release. Now, the irony being that I don't like press releases and my book is called Your Press Releases. (laughs) But what I figured out was that actually, so somebody who doesn't know about PR, they've often heard of press releases. So if I can get them over to me and teach them how to write a press release so that they feel comfortable with that then I can say to them well actually you don't need to do this you can just send an email you can just phone up or whatever and and that article is always in the top 10 on the Guardian Small Business Network so actually you know another question I would say is what could you teach people I mean Sarah you could obviously you know the likes of the Guardian Small Business Network would probably love you know Instagram content from you I've written stuff for Entrepreneur Huffington Post that kind of thing and there's a huge appetite for you teaching people and I think we all if you run a business or, or you're you know a blogger we've all got stuff that we can teach people and actually you know some of the big nationals here but I also know internationally they're looking for that kind of really practical content which which teaches people something. So one of the things that I'm thinking as you say this about that Guardian piece that some people agree and some people disagree this is something that people can be really frightened about mm. the comments or the response that you're going to get and you have a really good attitude to this which is you say to me it's just business. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've got this friend called Kelly who uh, she writes a lot for the Daily Mail for those of you who, you know, are not so familiar. I mean, it's big in the UK, but it's big internationally, yeah. but it's quite a controversial publication. She writes a lot for them. And she always says to me, yeah, it's just it's just business. And, and she's so right. It, you know, not everybody's going to agree with you, even if I mean, we were just talking about this before we got on the call, weren't we, Sarah, that, yeah. you know, even if you've got kind of high profile, like, on social media then you're going to get trolls you're going to get people who are going to kind of take issue with you or whatever and you have to deal with all of that so I I mean I'm lucky because I've been working in the media for ages I I don't tend to like lose sleep over it (laughs) but I understand why other people might you know and it was a big wake-up call for me when I first started working like doing coaching like I realized I was just like just jumping in like teaching people how to do this stuff and then I was like oh actually I think the first thing I need to help them with is making them feel comfortable about being in the public eye yeah being seen because I have like even though I'm quite like introverted in a way like I've always just thought oh it's really great to be on the telly (laughs) or like it's really great like having your name in the paper like it hadn't really occurred to me that other people might not like that so I mean a few sort of little tips is obviously don't read the comments if you find they're going to upset you just make a decision not to I had a piece in the Daily Mail recently that I just didn't even read the comments and I, I just kind of like you know the people who comment online are not representative of normal people either no they tend to be kind of like nutters and you sort of think if somebody's got the time to like do that you know and and I think you you also forget how quickly people move on from things as well like I had one particular article where I had a lot of negative reaction this was years ago but people just got fed up and moved on to somebody else the next day and I think sometimes we kind of forget that and actually the the benefits outweigh you know it's like getting all those emails they're leads and opportunities so uh, so what and if some one person made a negative comment but actually you know you had a 50% spike in your website traffic 
perfect that day. I think you've got to look at the, I mean, I'm not saying you should put yourself out there and just kind of say anything. And actually my brand is called Soulful PR and there's kind of three tenets to it. So the first is about service. So it's about, you know, when you approach journalists, it's about kind of how can you help them rather than how can they help you? And when you do that, you, you get a much better outcome. Um, the other is like simplicity. So obviously saying what you need to say in as few words as possible, but the other is sincerity. And I think mm. if you're out there and you're saying something because you truly believe it and you don't really care what other people think, then you're probably going to be less affected by negative comments. But I've seen people who've said things that maybe they don't 100% agree with or, they, or, or they've or they kind of just said, I'll just do this for the media. And if it's not sitting well with you, if it comes from kind of insincere place, then I think that's when it gets you. But I think yeah. if you're kind of like, OK, some people disagree with me, but actually I really stand by what I'm saying here. And yes. I don't really care then it's such a better place but I know it's easy for me to say all of this but because I've been doing it for a long time and it does get easier with time as well I think you know it's like dealing with trolls you know Sarah you've had your first share of people saying weird stuff online (laughs) Um, but it gets easier yes and it's that thing as well that comes back to your right people I suppose that if you are putting out content and the right people will find it will resonate with it and will come and find out more about you yeah and the wrong people will be turned off and maybe leave a horrible comment and good because we don't want them to come and shop with us or work with us in our businesses we don't want to have to deal with them on a day-to-day basis so it's kind of a a beacon to the right people and a way of cutting out the rubbish and I had a piece so I wrote a piece for um, for the Huffington Post about why I wear makeup when I'm running which obviously has nothing to do with I just thought was a fun piece to write (laughs) but the Daily Mail picked up on it and it's been picked up I, I almost was in a documentary as well oh, about wow. <laughs> which has nothing to do with my business so the daily mail said would you write this piece for us and we'll pay you for it and i thought oh it sounds like quite fun but they changed the headline and they put this woman wears makeup every day and thinks you should too now because i've worked in the media i was just like oh that's a bit of a pain in the bum but you know oh i just kind of laughed it off i just didn't i just kind of moved on to the next thing but some people in my facebook group actually really took issue with it and they were having a go at me and saying like oh this article's you know are you not going to try and get the headline changed and i was like look i know the game i know how it works it's fine it's it's gone you know like let's move on to the next thing and then they were saying but it makes you look really vain and shallow and i said to one lady well look if you feel that i'm vain and shallow from that piece I, mean, I didn't say it to her personally I said but if people feel that from reading that piece then they're probably not my right people so I'm not going to lose sleep over it yeah, and she yeah. she said well she really took issue with me saying that and then left my career oh, really? <laughs> well she wasn't your right person then she wasn't my right person and you know that was a bit like oh come on you know like get over yourself but it was almost like people were kind of like and that's the thing as well when you've got a community and audience people people know you and they know what you're about and so yeah. most people are just like oh you know they could see what was going on about it and I just thought yeah if somebody thinks that about me then and they can't see beyond that they're probably not my right person definitely well I think that maybe is the perfect place to end it I know there is so much more we could say about this so I'm going to direct people to your websites where can they find you online so my website is janetmurray.co.uk you can also find me on Twitter at Jan underscore Murray. I am on Instagram and Sarah has helped me. My my <laughs> my feed looks a lot better since I met Sarah. It's gorgeous. Um, I'm Jan Murray UK. I have a, a stepologist following, but I'm, I'm over there and I've learned so much since I've uh, met you, Sarah. So for that, I'm very thankful. Well, likewise. Yeah, I'd love to. I've got a, a big Facebook group as well, the Soulful PR Facebook community. I've got a podcast, the Soulful PR podcast, where we look at all aspects of promoting your, your business, not just press, but also social media, marketing, whatever. And I think my audience and Sarah's audience like a lot of my listeners like Sarah's podcast so I think if, if you like Sarah's podcast you probably like it as well yes, so lots of overlap so lots lots of overlap so so yeah so thank you so much for having me I've really enjoyed it no problem and I'm going to be seeing you at your event next month as well aren't I yes so I, I have this I've mentioned it 
before because we did do PR I've already mentioned it <laughs> but, um, so I run this event every year called Soulful PR Live and it's basically where I get all these like national journalists in a room eight national journalists 80 delegates and the idea basically is that you can come along and you can like basically find out from the horse's mouth in the nicest possible way what journalists are looking for and what they're not so we've got Marie Claire the Guardian Woman's Hour which I know is something that a lot of people in the UK would love to be featured on yes that's the dream yeah the dream Woman's Hour and we've got the pool as well which is a really kind of successful online publication the mirror Guardian really kind of good lineup and I guess what's different about my events is you know you sometimes you go to events and like you kind of listen to the speakers and then they just go off and sit on their speakers table but we ask them to sit on the table with the delegates they stay all day um, and anyone brave although I don't think we'll probably have a ticket left by the time this goes out but we have a mastermind session at the end of the day so you get 20 minutes in the hot seat with these people we just have a small group do that at the end of the day that sounds amazing and this year is very exciting I've introduced a day two and Sarah you're, you're going to be speaking at day two so it's it's an implementation day so last year people said well we had a fantastic day but actually what we'd really love is some help like taking everything we've learned and then actually thinking, well, how do I come up with ideas and pitch? So they'll come basically with me the next day to, to, to kind of do that. But I also wanted to invite an inspiring speaker to come along and talk about your business, Sarah, but also everyone's hungry for your Instagram tips as well. <laughs> so, yeah, so you're going to be my lunchtime speaker the next day. So that's really, really exciting. So, yeah, if, if you want to come and find out about this stuff, by the time this goes live, we're kind of well over halfway through the tickets. I think I looked this morning and we were like in the 50s and we've got 80 tickets. So if this does sound appealing that I wouldn't leave it too long because judging on kind of past events I think it's going to sell out which is very exciting and if they're listening to this after the fact presumably they can sign up to your mailing list to hear about future ones yes yeah and I run other events as well I run monthly events actually in London where I get uh, journalists to come along so I have this we had Grazia actually the other month we've had Marie Claire we've had Huffington Post coming up so we do have some quite kind of high profile speakers that's in London I do those once a month but they sell out really really quick because they're quite intimate so again just sort of get in touch I've got a lovely assistant who looks after my email so you can drop me a line and we can give you more info so thanks so much Sarah I feel like I've gone on and on (laughs) thank you no it's brilliant I wish we could go on and on for a whole other episode but I will get you back another time for more and thank you so much show notes for this episode are at meanola.co.uk forward slash podcast 16 where you can also sign up for email notifications each time there's a new episode up and if you're on my mailing list look out early next week for an email about a super special new summer course i'm launching it's called bloom and grow and it's all about organic growth for your instagram account just by creating your most beautiful photography have a gorgeous week and i will see you next wednesday for my question and answer episode